Cafe Bullions o Australia. Susanna do e Adima Costa, John a Alex. Sutukui. Now, I think she said Alex for those who speak English. I, I'm not too sure. <laughs> yeah. So, did the you say that was Welsh? That was Welsh, that, did you say? That is Welsh, but my accent is quite atrocious. But I'm oh getting it. Oh, my there. God. <laughs> is, that, is Welsh like your heritage or is that just an interest? It is. That? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. my heritage. And it was always kind of in my heritage, but... I think I told you all recently that story where my mum found out like her bio dad wasn't her bio dad and her bio dad mm. was actually like the super Welsh guy. Yeah, yeah. So it turns out like I'm way more Welsh than <laughs> I thought I was. <laughs> I think the next wow. challenge is we're going to do a whole episode of Booleans in Welsh. Oh my God. Ooh. In Wales. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting. Right, that, that reminds me, I was watching this video on uh, Final Fantasy VII today and they were talking about there's a character that's, its name is spelt Kate Sith. It's like a it's like a cat riding a a white snowman looking thing. Anyway, I've always called it Kate Sith, and then today I found out that it's actually like a what is it, a Scottish Gaelic word, and you meant to say cat she. Oh wow! <laughs> mm. Wow! And it's like this is back in the days where you know there's no voiceover or anything, so every everyone <laughs> thinks this character is called Kate, Kate. Sith, <laughs> except for the people <laughs> who speak Scottish Gaelic. <laughs> so how are you learning? Uh- I was just going to say, it's like when you see names like Sinead and they're like spelt like Sinead. Oh, Sinead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like- oh, yeah, yeah. To Siobhan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce that? Siobhan. Yeah, Siobhan. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That BH sound. It's like in Welsh, a double D sound. Like if you've got two Ds together, it's actually a V. Like it makes a V sound. Uh-huh. Well, like um, yeah. Kerved means walking. But it's like spelled like care de dead. <laughs> Damn so like, well, sexy dead. mysterious language. <laughs> there's, there's a uh, where is it? It's like somewhere near New York or oh no, it's in Pennsylvania. Sorry, um, it's spelled Bryn Mawr, like B R Y N M A W R, and like they had like this awesome radio station in the seventies, um, but it's pronounced Brian Ma. But like I've always just seen it written, just yeah, like right. you would have cost with. Siobhan and just been like, nah, I'll wait for someone else to say it first. <laughs> I'll never I'll never pronounce it. <laughs> I'll just read it in my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, Susie, how are you learning Welsh? You doing it through Duolingo? The good old Duolingo, yeah. Um and the Welsh Society of Wales um has some language courses that I'm I'm looking at too, which I think oh, would be sweet. pretty cool. Because yeah, Duolingo is good, but I don't like I think my pronunciation sucks quite a lot from it. Like I'm not it says to read them out loud every time, but I don't do it, so it's probably my fault. <laughs> and now you've told all of us that you don't do it, so we, we can all collectively keep you accountable. <laughs> yeah, I'll add you. Our entire audience. I'll add you on Duolingo. But what's your... You said you had a big streak on there, Alex, didn't you? Do you still have your... Oh, no, 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 I, I don't. I, um, I'm only up to, you like, don't. 17 days or something like that, but um, uh, who does? Um, oh, I'm blanking on names. Uh, he's going to kill me. I don't think he listens to this anyway, so this is fine. While I um, kill time and I dawdle to find the follower. Mark. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Mark. I kept wanting to call you Simon or something. Mark Vidian from the community. He's on like a 600-day streak or something like that. Wow. He sent me a message the other day. He was like, uh, your streak's going to run out in three hours. It was like 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> 
Was it was it like a hey scrub? No, well, I haven't heard from him in weeks, and then I got that. I was just like, and, and that's on top of the already annoying uh, notifications you get from Joel. Oh yeah, oh, Joel, go the emails they send you. I kneecap that out. Where, where you been, buddy? Yeah. I've noticed that you haven't logged onto Duolingo yeah. in a week. Just count. So it's you still like normally about that me. would I've really annoy me, but I yeah. kind of like it with Duolingo because I'm like. All right. Oh, well, I better keep that streak up. Even if I just do one really easy round, like, I'll keep that streak <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. So it, it gets me in, like, it sucks me in. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it feels like a creepy ex or something. It's like, wait, have you been, like, looking at other language platforms? <laughs> nah. I mean, I'm fine with it. Are you sure? I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Um, hey, speaking of creepy, actually, I think Costa's got an article to start us off Super about creepy. Uh, something creepy and horrifying. Mm. Yeah. So, this one is something that I came across on Twitter, but I did a bit more research on it. Um, it's a scientific study that simulates suffocation <laughs> with a VR <laughs> mask. So, it's a mask that a group oh. of researchers have, researchers have created that can simulate the suffocating effects of being stuck in a burning building. It's called the Air Res Mask, and it was created by a team from the Salzburg University of Applied Sciences in Austria. And with the mask, the researchers created several experiences that range from blowing out candles to suffocating in a VR fire, which is just insane. Um, they've, they've detailed this in the latest issue of the CHI Conference on Human Factors in Computing Systems in the, the latest issue. Um, and yeah, it's it's a it's a cool way of a cool but scary way of uh, adding another so adding more depth to VR uh, through yeah an, an air air mask essentially you can uh, do air in or you can also take air out so yeah they've got um, they're sort of looking at it from the perspective of training so training mm. like you know. A firefighter or something like that and uh training to see yeah put but when you're put in environments where you uh yeah have some resistance to breathing so yeah it's cool that's crazy <laughs> i think do, um do they say how easy it is to like rip the mask off your face if you <laughs> if you're about to pass out or? honestly it looks like there's a lot of straps to it so <laughs> i wouldn't say it's the easiest thing which i think in some ways makes it a more realistic experience yeah. then but <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> There's like some kind of resistance valve which just restricts the amount of airflow in. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see this being in the use of games. But if it was, <laughs> like, there would definitely be some kind of um, waiver the, you'd have to sign yeah. before putting this mask yeah. on. Yeah, can it like? Does it stop you dying? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, is, you know, like. Yeah. This is in the um, days of the blackout challenge on TikTok uh, yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, this, this is-, is like the opposite of one of those, you know, those sleep apnea machines that people <laughs> put on their face at night. <laughs> Looking at the um the video, they're playing a harmonica through it, which is pretty cool, which means you could probably play like, yeah, wind instruments um, mm. with this thing. Because, yeah, this says a cool. uh, VR mask that simulates this stuff. It's really a gas mask with a VR thing attached to it, like... Mm. Like it's like a cyberpunk. Well, I mean, it's resistance to air, right? Like you, you could be blowing on something and it could kind of um, simulate the feeling of, of blowing on something that has resistance to it. So, you know, there's a lot of different things, like you mentioned, like a harmonica, um, 
you know, bl- blowing on a on a mirror, I think it is. Actually, if they got a way to a make this, well. if they could, like, I mean, this is a huge, no, I'm guessing people aren't buying these things, but I would love this as a saxophone because <laughs> I really want to get a saxophone, but I live in an apartment. <laughs> so, like, you know, you can get the silent drum kits, like the electronic oh, drum kits, man. but you can't do that with any wind instruments. Like, even violins, you can get yeah. electronic violins and stuff like that. Not for wind instruments. Yeah, they got, like, MIDI flutes and that. Oh, do they? Yeah, oh. I've seen him. Just, that looks really ready to strap on a, 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 a stylish mask to, to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex <laughs> definitely goes for the mask. This yeah. reminds me of like um, this project one of my colleagues was working on for a while. That's like it's it's for horror games, but it was like biofeedback rated, and it was like using like I think it was like an Apple. You know, I'm not an Apple person. Is it is it literally called an Apple Watch? It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Apple, Apple Watch. Watch. Right, and um, it what it did is it like took your heart rate, and it was like guaranteed to scare you. So it took your heart rate, and then whatever it was, it gave you scarier stuff in the game. Ooh, so like if you oh, had a lower heart rate, it was like, well, they, we'll bring out the big guns, and like you got all the siren heads or whatever. But like if you had like your heart rate was already pretty high, it just give you like the one. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so like it wouldn't, wouldn't kill you. If, but- like, if like one of the like big bosses scares you and your heart rate goes like to a dangerous level, that his personality just changes. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry, yeah. I didn't mean yeah. to scare you, and it like consoles you again, and then it goes I didn't away. Hit you that hard, don't tell <laughs> that- mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's a very interesting thing. Like the di- almost pinning the difficulty or the the amount of content in the game to some kind of metric with your body. That's a really cool uh, application. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if you can yeah. do something like that with this, like. Like I mean, this people this in are definitely horror, exploring that, but yeah. yeah, there's a few examples. This in horror would be like crazy. It would just be insane, but I don't think it would be. Well, you know, you've safe. Got that line there about uh, it uh, AI picking up on how loud your breathing is. So if you're playing like Amnesia or something like that, <laughs> yeah, mm, that's kind um, of. Cool. Mm. But, like, this does seem like it'd be really useful for firefighting stuff. Because, like, I used to be in the CFS. Really? And, like, we had this train. Every yeah. episode. Right, okay, <laughs> let's a little more. Cost, co- yeah. Costa, this episode is just called Facts yeah. About Susie. Yeah. The Welsh She's <laughs> learning Welsh. She used to be in the CFS. She fought in World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, there's this thing where, like, you, you do all this training and you're like, oh, yeah, I got this. I can do this. And then you go to, like, a fire site. Like, they do a simulated fire site or whatever. And you go there and, like, you can't see anything. And everything, like, your face just hurts because of the smoke. And it's, wow. like, a completely different experience than all your training. And you're just, like, yeah. basically, get me the hell out of here. Like, you have <laughs> to fight the run urge the whole entire time. So, like, that part, like, I guess traditionally you couldn't train without, like, actually going to a fire ground. So this seems yeah. like it would, mm. would work towards that pretty well. Do you think it would be good for, like... Uh, swimmers or like uh, pilots as well basically anyone that need to kind of train to kind of boost their lung capacity and uh, be able to control their mm. breath more mm. yeah like the, uh, the 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 masks that people wear uh, when they go running to mm. increase their lung capacity yeah that's a good good point actually yeah you could do that from the from your home I guess and maybe vary it. A bit more. There you go. They can put it in the next like Wii Sports <laughs> <in the> swimming. 
<laughs> it's like a Wii controller, but you strap it to your face. I just imagine a commercial where it's got that like Wii Sports music and it's just something ring. Like this adjustment. <laughs> Hyperventilating. <laughs> That'd be so good. Practice with error. Um, um, you yeah. know. This feels bad with the whole like, yeah, Wii Sports is great for the elderly. <laughs> yeah. See, Nintendo. Esports, the London Blitz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <crap. laughs> So I told you she was in World War yeah, II. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo would would have the technology to do that, but then they'd be like, "We sports, uh, blow a scrum pulled up piece of paper off a desk, or like yeah. <laughs> birthday candle simulator." Well, actually, yeah. Do you remember there was uh, Wii Fit where you had the Wii Fit board? Yeah, um, yeah. And there was actually one there where it was like meditation, and you had to like keep a candle lit or something like that. And it was I'm trying to remember what you actually did, but it was something to do with your balance but it kind of reflected your breathing and your posture. Mm. So I guess this would actually more accurately reflect your breathing. Mm. Yeah, I think that one, you you used to stand on it and then you would like breathe in, breathe out. I don't know how it would measure that, but then you'd have to like lift a leg up and put it down and all this kind of stuff. That was a cool system, like in terms of gamifying um, health. Mm. It's pretty popular when it came out. Yeah, actually. um, This links on, yeah. Huh? This this leads on to the community question we had last That's, week as well. You're bloody in my mind. Get out. Get out, Costa. I didn't see you wearing the strap-on VR set where you read people's minds. The psychomantis. Ah, oh, that was sitting there the whole time that this is a psychomantis mask. We got there in the end. Oh, it is too. Yeah. yeah. yeah for those listening, imagine psychomantis in um, Cyberpunk 2077. Is that is that the year? 2077? You, aren't we talking Metal Gear Solid? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's just wearing like a like your run of the mill gas mask. Yeah, his doesn't oh, look okay, cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So community poll: We asked, "What aspect of your life would you like to see gamified?" And we had Adrian Impo saying, uh, "Pokemon announced the game called Pokemon Sleep ages ago. In brackets, could be cancelled now. I haven't heard any news of it for a while." And it's rumored to track your sleep and give you a score based on your metrics. I find that dangerous because I'm competitive enough to put myself into a medically induced coma for a chance at a new high school. <laughs> Which I think is awesome. Um, I suck at sleep. He should definitely not get that breathing mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Olympic diver simulator or something like that. Um and then Mark Temby said, with Tour de France starting tomorrow, I'd like to see Swift VR, their cycling app. I've even suggested it to them. And then I asked him, um, what did they say? And he just said, they said they have no plans, which is probably big business talk to be like, oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's uh, someone in Adelaide making a cycling VR game, isn't there? Uh, I don't know if he's still working on it. Jonathan Kovach. Kovac. Yeah. He's working on a it's like a cyberpunk cycling game, I think. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Where it looks you like, so cool, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure you, you use like kind of your regular uh VR kind of handheld controllers, but you kind of attach them to your legs. Um sorry, Jono, if I'm getting this wrong, but this is from memory. <laughs> um and yeah, like he, he's been working on it in the background for a while now, and last time I saw it, which was like six months ago, it was a functioning uh, prototype. So oh, that's cool. it works. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's another one I'd come across on uh, Oculus Store. I can't remember what it's called, but you can essentially either cycle or walk uh, on the spot and it puts you through Google Street Maps and it's like you're walking oh, yeah. 
somewhere, uh, which is cool. <laughs> I don't know what it's <laughs> like in terms of like the stitching between. Yeah, you know when you're Isn't walking it incredibly and stuff. low res. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's a, like you can. It's pretty popular from what I've heard, and it's uh, it's like a subscription model. <laughs> you know, like where you pay. You know when you go on Google Maps and you're going on Street View mode, and like for whatever reason the photos just jump. So you'll be going down a street and it'll be like 2022, <laughs> 2007, and then back to 2020. Yeah, come into like a time warp or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. It's, uh, it's like Microsoft's flight simulator, but you get to walk everywhere. Instead. <laughs> yeah. Which and you is, have to pay you know, a subscription for the walking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what I love about that is that's literally just real life. Except yeah, you're paying, paying for it. <laughs> except you don't actually leave your yeah. house. Well, I mean, I guess if I said- How much would you pay yeah. to not leave your house? <laughs> I said that, I guess, with The Sims. You know, you're just playing real life. Go out and- Yeah. I got- It's the escape, isn't it? The fact that you can go somewhere like yeah. else that you wouldn't usually- Like our mate Fish, he bought Flight Simulator and he's- <laughs> He just drives around Adelaide and he tells us, he's like, oh, I'm just going it. down Northeast Road. And I'm like, you could go anywhere. You could go to Cuba. You could go to Korea. Not a lot of people get to go to Korea. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to O'Connell Street Bakery. <laughs> what, he flies what, over it? It is 747. And then like, I, I came back from Melbourne and I took a photo when the internet came back on and I sent it to him like, just flying over the bakery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that reminds me of uh, there's a online game called GeoGuessr where you, oh, it just oh, like drops you in a random place in the world. Sunk in that right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. And you you have to like try and work out where you are in the world. Mm. And it's like uh, so many people get into it. And like I I know someone who's their whole YouTube channel is basically them doing it because they've gotten so good where people will actually watch them. Yeah, <laughs> just wow. you know, really quickly work out where they are in the world. That's a, I love those kind of things where they just like get an existing service and then wrap a game around it. Like Alex and I the other day were playing a Wikipedia game oh, yeah. where it oh, gives yeah. you yep. the starting article and then the, the article that you have to get to and it measures you based on the time that you get there. It's in a public lobby with other people. So it's the time that it takes for you to get there and also the amount of clicks it takes for you to get there and it gives you a score and then you kind of yeah just keep going. Such a fun mm. game. Oh, it is. Did you guys find like there's a kind of trend with that? I can't remember what it is, but it's like I think when I was playing, you try to find a country, and like once you get to a country, you can kind of like drill mm. down to whatever it is that mm. you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Because I said to Costa, I was like, um, it was Friday afternoon, and I'm like, I think I said to you, I was like, let's play the Hitler game or something. Like that. that was the old way of doing it. At least when I was in school, you did it. it was six steps to Hitler. You go on any page, you have to try and get to Hitler. <laughs> Um, and then he was like, was "This is like six degrees to base." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Basically, yeah. And then Costa was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "There's a whole game built around a better concept." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess to bring this back to the question, uh, what would you like to see gamified? Um, you could gamify anything, apparently. Which yeah. Is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Biting fingernail simulator. Well, there's surgeon simulator and. Yeah, simulator and you know what I, I really kind of want like I saw it I added it to my steam wishlist yesterday but it's called like pressure cleaner simulator or yeah something. oh I yeah yeah I really yeah, want that it looks so good satisfying. <laughs> that would be definitely satisfying yeah. I want that yeah. now but I gave someone shit for wanting that. not shit but I was like why would you want that and then he was like it calms me now and I was like how 
<laughs> I get it though. I get it. Now I want it. Yeah. Well, that's like the PC good. building simulator. Mm. Like you're literally on a PC playing a game where you're building a PC. Yeah. <laughs> it's escapism. And that's cool. And it's yeah. got that nice soundtrack, PC building simulator. It's oh, like it? real chill. Yeah, it's like yeah, real cool. chill. Kind of you're just sitting in your desk and it's got nice lighting. Like you got R2Bs everywhere and just that chill music. And like, I could play that for ages. That's <laughs> cool. So it's like having a workshop out the back kind of thing. Yeah. And like right. you get. But you can actually afford it. <laughs> Yeah, well, you get like these like jobs come in, and then you you got to buy the parts, you got to order the parts. So yeah. you know you got a budget, and then you order the parts, and then you get paid for the job. And oh, so yeah, did, actually, did they bring budget. out like a DLC that's like global chip shortage? That's what they're making a second one. That's probably what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if disgruntled customers want this chip, and you can't get it. What he's supposed to do? Yeah, how far Pretty does much. that go? The PC, but like. I'm guessing you put thermal paste in, but can you like screw up your build if you put too much thermal paste on or something like that? <laughs> Are you a player in the wrong yeah. shape? <laughs> that's, that's an interesting idea. I don't know. I don't think so. Because I think what happens from memory is like you click it and then it tells you when it's done. Uh, uh, so it like stops you being able to put more I, on. But I think you could underput. Like I think you could put too little. I put too, when I built in the real world, when I built my computer, I put too much on. And the guy at MSY was like, so much thermal paste. And I was like, they gave me a whole tube. Like, what am I supposed to do with the rest of it? <laughs> you put a whole tube? <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, what are you supposed, to, supposed to put like a circle Then give the me a little circle <laughs> yeah. amount. Why give me a whole tube? Yeah. What am I going to do with it? Because you could build like 10 with that. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? So if I was going to build 10, I'd have to buy 10 CPUs and they would give me 10 tubes of that much <laughs> thermal yeah. paste. Sorry, Alex. The rest is for snacking <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, what about if IKEA made a furniture building simulator in VR? That would be fun. Mm. That feels like a real yeah. thing. I reckon I've seen that somewhere. That does uh, feel like a real thing. And if Ikea, not, Ikea yeah. are like registering that trademark right now. There you go. Well, is it, Ikea is it, VR experience. A oh, way yeah. to experience a kitchen in your own home. I was going to say, isn't Ikea gamifying building in real life anyway like the whole process of putting things together and just getting rewarded at the yeah. end that is the game yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay this is literally a game on Steam. yeah right Alex. oh, oh nice. done by it's good ikea vr experience free to play oh my god developer press tag by ikea communications ab six, six out of ten mixed yeah, reviews, mixed reviews. <laughs> but the last review was i am now addicted to ikea vr experience ah so, it's, so this is actually officially made by IKEA? Like, is it licensed by IKEA? Uh, yes. IKEA Communications AB. <laughs> yes. Atomic Bomb. You know what's <laughs> interesting? Have, it, Wait, I'm sorry. They've got another game called IKEA VR Pancake Kitchen. What? <sighs> Swedish meatballs. Can you make the Swedish <laughs> meatballs? <laughs> <in there? laughs> uh, no, I think you're literally just making pancakes. <laughs> it's a very specific oh, wow. <laughs> situation in IKEA. Ha- has there been uh, a Lego game where you build in that? Like, am I, in am VR? I something? Like, like, no, um, no, just, just like, like Lego builders. Is that, a, is that, is that literally There's a game? like a hundred. There's one coming no, out. I know, all the, I know all the Lego, like, you know, the Star Wars and all the different... Um, IPs that they do, mm. but is is there like a yeah. building? Game? There's a fr- yeah, uh, there's a free to play on web. Um, what's okay. it called? Uh, like they discontinued one and there's another. It's got like the library of all the pieces and stuff like that. Um, that's cool. Let me have a look. Builders there's Lego Worlds, which is a city builder. Oh, okay. 
Mm. Lego Worlds is like a procedurally generated world, kind of like Minecraft, but then yep. you can also build anything in it as well. That's I think cool. it's Bricklink Studio. That might be one of them. Photorealistic render. Yeah, this looks familiar. It might be that. But there's a bunch. Yeah, and it has like all the pieces and all the colors. Um, you use them if you're going to make like mocks, like Mayan creations mm. kind of things. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And you know, this rem- mm. this reminds me of uh, how like a lot of the trading card games are now turning digital. So mm. like you still have the real trading card games because they can generally make more money off of that. But I think I think like, you know, from Yu-Gi-Oh to um, all the Wizards, Wizards of the Coast stuff, Magic the Gathering to mm. all the little ones, uh, like newer ones are now just going digital only, being made digital. Um, mm. And then you've got the blockchain ones as well that we've talked about. And yeah, it's I think that to me, it's a similar kind of thing like you were talking about, Susie, with PC Builder. It's like just it's it's almost like the starting point now is to make a simulator <laughs> yeah it'd be interesting like you're getting all these different simulator games it'd be interesting if there's like a interconnected version where everyone is essentially an npc doing a different gamified simulation and it's like this one big mmo well, how, and everyone just how do you know we're not already <laughs> in it cost life yeah exactly <laughs> right that's true yeah. maybe in it right yeah, now that's right later <laughs> So is, I guess that's the metaverse, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> isn't it? That's also, I, one of my one of the things my mind went to when um, you were talking about the VR breathing mask. You know how there's um, people who play, I think it's Grand Theft Auto, and they play it super realistically. Is that the game where they're playing it super realistically and like people are like cops mm. and they're like, you sped too fast, so like you're <laughs> getting arrested and they put your character somewhere? Yes, yeah. yeah. the, the role play role playing. Yeah. Game versions of yeah. it where like there's a multiplayer yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. like that but instead of cops it's firefighters with this mask like they take it that seriously wouldn't you think that if you're given the opportunity to have a mask that restricts how you breathe also me saying that now I feel like this is going to get used for other things as well <laughs> be used for whatever people want I, I get the GTA them. thing though like because I, I used to try and drive the speed limit in GTA because I wanted to feel like part of the city. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like it's weird. I, I almost feel ashamed saying that, but it's like, yeah, part of the fun was to be part of the world. That's yeah. Right, yeah. But it, it was, was really hard to stay on, under the speed limit in that game. I used, I used to I used to play a um, of, um, game mode on Gary's Mod like back in the day with a few mates. And it was like, a, I think it was an RP server you'd go to. And like oh, yeah. some people would be cops. Some people would be like thieves. Some people would be like locksmiths and you know yeah. you'd play your little part in the in the world and yeah it was it was actually fun it was quite fun like you would mm. you know if you were the cops like you'd have to go after the thieves when they're trying to break in and just the, with gary's mod being so complex and in, in the things that you can do like you know you could have things like locks and keys and this and that and yeah it was fun it was really fun like everyone would role play as if they were in that world that's really mm. cool there's lots of those on roblox like um work at a pizza place and things yeah. like that where that's literally <laughs> yeah, what right. you do like you go there and you you're the manager or you're the person at the counter or you're making the pizzas or you're the delivery driver and you just that's so cool so you can play that for hours yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool actually that reminded me i was going to ask you this later susie but um did you see that game that came out end of last year called Lake? No, I don't think it, so. It just reminds like the the kind of style of it 
reminds me of like uh, what remains of Edith Finch and um, uh, okay. what's that other one with the girl? Oh yeah, it's like uh, now I can't think. Yeah, of the it, it's and it's also <laughs> like life is strange. Yeah, life is strange. Yeah, except it, from what I can tell, it doesn't have a big twist. There's nothing like that. It's like Firewatch without twist, but you just play as a deli- uh, uh, like you just deliver mail in this like small town around a lake and you have relationships with the people in the town and you get to choose how in depth the relationship goes. And like, it's just like a walking simulator, but it's postal. This sounds like just my yeah. thing. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, that's cool. <laughs> how cool. Yeah. And the art yeah. looks beautiful for yeah, it Yeah, it does. I think a lot of people were saying that it's like life is strange, but without all the drama, you can actually just, like, stay in the bit where you're enjoying life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Yeah. It brings up a, a uh, huh? good good life simulator. Good life simulator. <laughs> I want to do a, um, yeah. you know, Costa did the deep dive recently with um, uh, Burnout. I want to do a deep dive on alternate, like an alternate reality where games, the first video game was made this year right? Like it wasn't made in the seventies or whatever. Would, how long would it take them to start making shooter games? Because I, don't, I think it would take a lot longer. I think because all the, a lot of the games, have, like we have a lot of shooter games come out now, but it feels like a lot of the, it feels like an indie developer in the eighties could be wrong. That's why I want to do the deep dive on would have made like a violent game, like want to push the boundaries and stuff like that. And now it feels the opposite. It feels like the indie developer wants to slow everything down, wants to make a peaceful experience. Yeah. So if the first video game was, if we'd gotten to history to 2022 and the first video game gets developed now, is it an action game or is it a life simulator because life is too stressful already? Mm. Is this like a, because like the very first game was Pong, I think. So yeah. like. Tennis, tennis for two, yeah. Tennis for two, So, I mean, so in this alternate reality, do they start at that level of complexity and graphics, or do we just go straight into? Well, those things wouldn't have got been, a war wouldn't level. Have, wouldn't have existed mm, if. Uh, yeah. It all had to build on it. Didn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think like if we look at like um that the shooting mechanic, right? That's like, it's kind of cheap, right? Like it's mm. it's easy mm. now. It's like. The thing moving hit up, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like like indies are like pushing that because we're like we're we're growing from it, we're building on from it. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Cause like you still shoot stuff, but you can do it like in different yeah, ways now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I read the the Masters of Doom book is really cool. Like it goes into the, how they created Doom and that kind of stuff. And a lot of those that kind of the I think the they kind of coined the, the first-person shooter genre, um, but a lot of the initial games that they were making weren't shooting games. They were they were first-person, but they were like, you know, well, they were a spin on the on the first-person shooter genre. But like, you'd be walking and it would be like horror, or you'd be like wizards, or it'd be like shooting things out of your hand. You know, like it, it was. I think they kind of slowly built to that point, and then they got to something like Doom. Mm. Which was such a yeah. huge hit. I mean, they made Commander Keen first. They made right? Commander Keen as well, yeah. Which is uh, very cartoony. There was a first because I did a bit of looking into this. There was a first person shooter. The first first person shooter was made in like '73, and it was just like mm. black, wow. and it was like a f- pseudo 3D 
um, you know, like green lines, like Pong, like mm. style. Um, but I think those needed to come for us to have what we have now. And I think that influences mm-hmm. what we have now because we built on it, like the mechanics of, of even just that first person camera has built onto other things that we've done and, and so on. So yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's so intertwined. Everything is so intertwined in the, in the history of game development. Yeah, Cause it'd be interesting. Well, I guess know. both the shooter and what's happening now, are like you guys said, like reactionary <coughs> to what yeah. came before. And so like if you think about like, yeah. The walking simulator stuff, like Alex was talking about, like, Dear Esther was mm. a mod, right? Mm. Yeah, it was. That's right. Yeah. Of like, Half-Life. What was that yeah. built on? <laughs> of uh, a shooter. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. on a shooter. Wow. It's on Half-Life, yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's in yeah. Because um, yeah. I guess it's the question's it's less about the, the tech capability, but it's more like the philosophical, like, are we as a society, are we that amped up at the moment for an action oh, game okay. rather yep. than like this stems up because um, I saw this is a weird way to link it. Right. Um, and makes me seem incredibly ignorant. Um, I saw Elvis on the weekend with my girlfriend and they oh, yeah. have this, yep. they, they get into the whole Martin Luther King get shot and um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Bobby Kennedy. And then I remember just thinking like, oh, they, you know, they're going like, oh, a time of, you know, unrest in our country. And I'm just thinking like, man, a country seems to have a lot of times of unrest. Um, and thinking that, you know, 10 years later or so, uh, less than 10 years later, they developed the first first person shooter game. Um, and then you got the 80s and, and it kind of feels like there was just more of an appetite for that kind of stuff. But it might not have been. But it feels like now there isn't. Like it feels like people just kind of want to chill out because of what's going on yeah there's definitely like cultural trends and stuff like mm. that you know yeah. I, I had a uh uni lecturer once who he specialized in film um and he gave this one lecture that i really liked because he was talking about um kind of the trends in movies and stuff like that and so this is probably i don't know like eight years ago now or something um and he was talking about how there was there's a lot of dystopian movies or at least especially at the time a lot of like dystopian sci-fi movies and he linked it to uh, people's awareness of kind of climate change and kind of environmental catastrophe and stuff like that. Mm. And he was saying that a lot of these movies are both being made but then resonating with audiences because there is that either conscious or subconscious kind of like fear of the world ending and what comes after it. Yeah, right. So I I think, uh, I mean, you could look at Marvel superhero movies and go, all right, that's appealing to... I don't know, individualism that's really strong in our culture. Mm. People wanting to be the best that they personally can be, superheroes, that kind of thing. Um, but games would do the same thing. Um, however, I think there's like not one strand, if that makes sense. There's like games moving in all directions. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It's also like... Because we've got more opportunity now, eh? Like more chances to make things, more ways, like more accessible engines, all that stuff. Yeah. So more of us can tell stories. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mind you, though, I mean, like, the the whole, like, trend of mindfulness and kind of that kind of self-care is definitely been strong in the last decade. So, that's probably helped these games kind of be appreciated in a more mainstream mm. way. Yeah. And things like unpacking and stuff, right? Like, around COVID. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Well, that's... Well, actually, no, that's a good example because, like, that's that's a cultural trend that's come out of, like, a just practical issue, which is that people are stuck at home. 
Yeah. Same with mm. Animal Crossing and stuff like that, um, which is why it got so big and then probably has influenced other games that get made now. Yeah. I wonder also if the, that the popular genres expand with the types of audiences that start to play games versus, you know, Definitely. in the 80s and 90s was predominantly male and that kind of stuff. Mm. Yep. And now we have... Yeah. You know, just an explosion of people from different ages, genders, yeah. like everything playing games. So there's like more interest and appetite in different areas. Mm. That's definitely true. That's like, because like if you, well, like when I was, because I was looking at this for a lecture a while back and I was looking at games, magazines, like I was looking at how games were marketed in the 80s and I was looking at these old copies of games magazines and they were like super sexualized, like oh, really yeah. aimed. Yeah, like. Or they like Conan the Barbarian kind of like Viking women. Yeah, they were like, like you know, women in bikinis on an arcade mm. machine. Like, <laughs> and, like, and you're like, all right, well, this is clearly like the demographic for this is, is quite clearly what it is. Mm-hmm. And. Like, it wasn't, like, until the market started shifting that that all started changing. And then it widened the market to Mm. be much broader. And that's why we've got all those different games now. Because otherwise we'd still just be making games for that one demographic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny uh, when (laughs) you talk about that. And I remember some of the 90s adverts that I've now seen. That's, like, everything was punk back then and, like, uh, (laughs) like, gross and, like, sewers and like just everything was disgusting and that was cool what is- <laughs> and so you see like some of the adverts for like especially teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah. and stuff like that it's like they just really amped up like how gross it was what did um costa what did tom kalinsky call that he came up with all of that didn't he about making the marketing for video games adult in the 90s that wasn't the gorilla yeah. marketing was it no, no, that was, I, th- I think what you're talking about is him differentiating, bet- trying to differentiate from Nintendo, uh, the trend being that a lot of people, like a lot of kids that grew up with Nintendo, yeah. uh, and we're talking, you know, f- four years earlier, were now kind of getting into, you know, they were getting into like their teens and they wanted to appeal to that demographic, which Nintendo wasn't appealing to, which was, you know, kind of teetering on violence but like kind of these kind of themes punk themes all that sort of stuff and being cool Mm. i think that's what the key thing was you know because a lot of these teenagers would would get to that age and then just say well nintendo is for kids like it's for you know it's for young kids and they would they would ditch it Mm. um and so yeah the the focus i think from a strategy perspective was for tom to yeah focus on those kind of that audience um and and change all the marketing to be like yeah, you paint Nintendo out to be for kids and for, you know, if you really want to step up and be cool mm. to go for Sega. Yeah, what this... Because there's, like, there's a lot of, like, sexualized Nintendo stuff too, like, which really mm. freaked me out when I was researching because I was like, that, like, Nintendo, like, is synonymous with, like, yeah. family friendliness to I, me, I, but... Yeah, <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling, I have a feeling it was, like, a repercussion from that because the the audience started to get older as well um and i think they probably realized that like we have to comp- and, and i think the really the the point where they they split was after like the nintendo gamecube where you know up until that point they were always trying to be uh neck and neck with 
Sony or Sega or Xbox or whoever it was, you know, even from the from the console perspective, they were always doing the traditional thing of like power and power and power. And then once they got to the Nintendo Wii, it was like a whole different. But you wouldn't yeah. compare the Wii traditionally to the PlayStation uh, Three or mm. the the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. It was in its own kind of class with all the you know unique things that they do. And I, I think they still do that now. Like the Switch, it's quite a unique console um and maybe that's also from the marketing perspective like i think maybe back then they were trying to compete and be cool like all of the other um companies which were doing that at the time Mm. and also i guess too like at that time like we were saying before their target demographic was you know cishet teenage boys Mm. like Mm. if that's Mm. what you're targeting that's That's what you're targeting right like (laughs) yeah 100 percent and and I wonder where that really you know stems from. It's probably from the creators who made the games back then, and you know came from a certain background. Were, were probably male, that you know young adult. So like they're making games for that audience. So I think that's that's been the really cool thing now is that you have the access to those tools, and it's a lot easier to make games. And you start seeing all these games for different audiences which is amazing Mm. that is cool it's like a feedback loop i guess like the more different perspectives you get then the more different perspectives you get Mm. and it just kind of keeps going yeah and you can't Mm. you can't lose because like more games more diversity like that's more games that's more choice yeah Yeah. it just grows and grows yeah speaking of perspectives (laughs) um, (laughs) one of my favorite perspectives is that of a grumpy goose (laughs) love it um did you guys hear that acme has recently and the national film and sound archive of australia have recently um acquired the rights to untitled goose game no wow um, yeah, so they're going, they've acquired it. I don't know quite 100% what that means in terms of IP, but they're, they've, they've committed to preserve it for decades to come, like as a cultural icon of Australian games. Hmm. Um, and something that I thought was really cool about it is that as well as acquiring the game, they've also acquired a bunch of the development materials and the like docs and some prototype versions of the games. So, Wow. In the future, like, we can look back and see how we developed games now. Like, how how did they develop it? Like, which is pretty cool, <laughs> yeah. right? Because, like, pipelines are always so changing. Like, <laughs> like, it goes in a museum behind glass and yeah. Like, yeah. get a tour around. They've got, like, mannequins wearing developer clothes. <laughs> 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 Developing on this dock. Can you believe they used Trello back then? <laughs> they manually dragged their cards around. <laughs> That's so funny. It's, uh, that's interesting. It's interesting when you put it like that, that they'll be able to see how they made games because a lot of that game, the idea of that game has to rely on, um, what would you even call it? Like like whimsy, but like meme culture kind of, of just like, like a, a concept that would be like ridiculous, but it works kind of thing of like, you'd have to capture what the- mm. The global, st- at least in the Western world, context. Yeah, the yeah the context. That's it of the Western world at that time. Yeah, like even down to <laughs> um, the- uh, games done quick, right? Every t- they somehow tied it to. It was like a an audience chant when whoever was streaming would do something. I think for like the whole weekend, people just scream out honk. Like you'd have a whole oh, auditorium really? of people just <laughs> screaming out honk. 
<laughs> like all that plays awesome. into it. Yeah, wasn't Wait. there like I feel yeah. like there was like a Blink One Eight Two show or something where Tom DeLonge like was shouting out for the goose, <laughs> like <laughs> something super weird like that. Like it's this huge part of our culture. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe maybe the inverse of that, Alex, is that this is an artifact of culture at this time. Mm. So mm. it's kind of you're looking at this game and this actually represents the culture at the time that it was made, you know, if you look at it in 30 years from now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They might be like, how could you play that game? Yeah. <laughs> there was this meme I saw like ages ago before this game was developed and it was just about um, someone was like, if archaeologists, if humans died tomorrow or something and archaeologists in however many years time found the remains of Disneyland, they would just assume we worshipped the giant mouse and someone was like, as an archaeologist, <laughs> oh, I can yeah. confirm this is true. So like, <laughs> yeah, wow. We don't worship the giant mouse. Like. <laughs> I've been I've been reading a lot about like Roman history, and I, I'm just like, we're talking about preserving things here, and it's just like, it'd be. It's I think it's so important that we preserve um, games, and and I guess there's a huge challenge in how we preserve them, given that they're these digital things. Mm. So I guess that's something that. Um, I know Acme's done a lot of, like, in their museum at the moment. They've got, you know, these different ways of showcasing the work. But that's going to be a huge thing, like, because you think about tapes and things from the 1970s, you know, and all, all these other technologies that we just don't even have the technology to, to read that, at the you know, right now. Yeah. Um, and you think 20 years, 30 years from now, you've got these old consoles that will yeah. be aging and they've got CDs and things and... I don't know, it's like, that's a huge challenge and like, how are we going to overcome that? Yeah, definitely, especially with that cultural impact. Um, I, I remember when I've like done some just like history study, um, even things like re religious texts from, you know, thousands of years ago, mm. there's uh, all these kind of lines in there where if you read it now, it kind of like, you just go, oh, yeah, you know, that's kind of weird to me or it's meaningless, but it, mm. but then if you actually look like, if you understand the culture around it at the time, there's all these kind of references to other things. I'm trying to think of an example. It was like in, in the uh, Christian Bible, I think it's like in the last book in Revelations, there's like a line where it says uh, there's like this prophet talking to uh, all these different villages around. And what he says to one of them something like, you should get your eyes checked or something like that. And like if you if you read that now, you kind of go... All right, he's just like throwing shade kind of thing. Um, but if you actually like know the culture at the time, that particular village was actually known for producing the medicine for eye treatment. Huh. And so he's kind of like saying, um, get like have a taste of your own medicine kind of thing. Uh. And, and so there's like all these little details like that where you have to understand kind of the world where it was created at the yeah. time. And so, I, yeah, I guess if Acme is doing that, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Shakespeare, uh, Romeo and Juliet, when he's like, I bite my thumb at you. And then, like, everyone loses their shit. And you're like, what the? F what did I just miss? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so much of that stuff. It's the context that in the, in the time that the, the, the media or that it was documented mm. to, to understand that. That's huge. I mean, we're looking at it now and, you know, it's such, such recent history. Like, you look at you know, the earliest game is only in the 1970s or 1960s. Like, but you think about it like 200 years from now, how do they interpret that? And 
Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. I mean, because we had like in memes, we had the advice animals only like 15 years ago, <laughs> 10 years ago. And so I guess we've had all the animal stuff around oh, this yeah. that's made this kind of resonate. But, you know, you look at it in 100 years, they'd be like, oh, wow. They, like you said, they obviously worshipped geese because yeah. <laughs> they made a whole game about it. <laughs> There's that, like, you know, like, that quite frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn mm. meme. And then they just, like, T-B-H-B-I-D-G-E-S. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, like, the now version of that. Yeah, like, yeah. And you're like, all right, that, well, that reads. <laughs> like, <laughs> frankly, my dear, you, you, you're mid. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't bossing respectfully. <laughs> it's even, like, like, if you read something, like, that was, you know, comedy back in, like, ancient times mm. it's just like you're like it's not funny <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not funny that's just mean <laughs> you know like back then it was funny and it's like same, the same things now with memes and all that and even the games like you, you interpret them so different you you might look at it in a hundred years and be like what the hell are these people doing well another thing as well about um <laughs> preserving games and things like that is you know we went like uh oh we lost all the ancient texts and stuff because they were written on paper or something like that but hard drives they have a lifespan as well and it's not that long like if we go oh it's fine we've saved it to a we'll catalog all the n64 games on roms and we'll just hold it forever they don't live very i can't remember how long they they live for but um yeah hard drives let's see hard drive (laughs) race to find this oh no my hard drive died <laughs> but like, yeah, that's the thing too. Like, you can do lots of backups, right? Mm. Mm. But like, like back then when they had that library, like the Alexandra Library that got burned down, that was like the Can't only copy. It. But oh yeah, that that was that was like an amalgamation of all the different uh, texts that they had copied into that one library. Mm. And I mean, mm. a lot of a lot of things that are a lot of like recounts are, are people who have referenced something that was written elsewhere, and then they've. You know, now the only thing that exists is this book, which referenced that other book or that other piece of text. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully we have the technology. We have so much technology now, but is it actually going to help us preserve uh, these artifacts? Well, uh, uh, you've got uh, Ubisoft Montreal who had, uh, was it Notre Dame? Mm. (laughs) They had that all like 3D modeled. So then when that burnt down, they actually used all their like research to help with the rebuilding mm. of it so that's right that's gonna go. pretty clever game studios are the <laughs> but maybe <laughs> maybe like what'll happen is we'll just keep going like this and we'll think we're recording everything but then all we'll leave behind is some pyramids yeah, yeah. and then we'll have to do it all again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what right. you're saying it's just an infinite well, cycle. isn't that the, isn't there a thing about that like the time span between the Romans and the pyramids is the no Cleopatra to the pyramids is the same time as us to Cleopatra. Like those pyramids are yeah. old. Like we could, you're, you're yeah. totally right. Like if we died yeah. out, they would, they would still just remain. <laughs> it's always well, funny. And then you, you like read, it's like the people in Cleopatra's day, they saw the pyramids and they're like, not quite sure what they, every part of them is for. <laughs> like, we got a pretty good idea, but, you know, this room here, nobody yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, other, the other thing is, like, with in the context of video games, you get video... I think we've spoken about this on the podcast before, but you have video games where, like, there's beta releases or that kind of stuff, and mm. if no one preserves it, 
it just gets lost, like completely lost. Mm. If if the dev doesn't have a backup or whatever, and, you know, it's a sort of semi-complete version of the game, which was different Mm. in some way, uh, that that just disappears into the ether. Like these hard drives will just get lost and then that's it. Um, And there's a bunch of websites online that that kind of preserve that. Um, I think like obviously archive.org preserves a lot of that stuff if people upload Mm. it to their... Um, there's also there's another website which was cool called Past to Present Online, which is uh, someone in the US actually. He he collects a lot of these old game builds and he just like actively seeks out, and then he'll uh, document like about them, create videos and all that sort of stuff for it. So it's good that there's people out there kind of actively doing this to to try to preserve uh, all these you know these video game these yeah these different pieces of. Uh, you know, creative output. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Speaking of, uh, yeah, I have no. <laughs> 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 uh, which, speaking of games being pushed into different directions. Hey. Thank you, Costa. You me. Gonna, uh, I found an article <laughs> this week. Uh, about a game that was designed oh, that's fish um, going and has now been approved. <laughs> 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 I'm just going to wait for that uh, plane to pass over one say, of your like, heads. For so long, Costa, there was COVID. We didn't hear any I planes. <laughs> 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 no. uh, which one of you lives under an airport? <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome. Um so anyway, I found I found an article this week about a game that in I think it was made in 2020. It was uh, made to help treat ADHD and has now been approved to actually be used as treatment. So it can actually be prescribed by doctors. Uh, this game is called Endeavor RX. Um, mm. So E N D E A V O R R X. Um, and you can find footage of it on YouTube. I know I found footage of... There's a doctor that's playing through it and he gives a bit of an explanation on it. Um, and what they're saying is it's uh, it's kind of like an infinite runner where you've got to control this ship on your screen. I think you play it on mobile devices. Uh, but you also have to uh, kind of click on these little kind of cartoony blob characters that jump up into the screen. Um, and you've got to click on certain colors and then not click on other colors. Anyway, the whole uh, the idea behind the game is that it uh, it kind of trains your like neural pathways to kind of uh, f- to focus on certain things and to kind of block out other things, which is kind of like the underlying thing of um, ADHD is kind of managing that. Um, the uh, developers have also kind of developed a. a essentially an algorithm for it where it monitors how you're doing and it adapts the dif- difficulty and adapts the game to you. Um, however, you can only use that kind of like uh, that level of dynamic uh, difficulty, I guess, um, if you have the prescribed version. So if, if you haven't been prescribed this game, uh, you can play the demo, but if you actually want to play the full version, you actually have to be prescribed by a doctor to play it. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and I know we've talked about kind of games for health previously, but this is one where it was, it is like a treatment first and foremost, not a game that doubles mm. as a treatment, if that mm. makes sense. I think yeah. I think we've had this on the podcast as well. 
previously. Yeah. I love this. I, I follow that guy on YouTube. He's really cool. He just goes, he's just completely on serious games for health. Um, uh, and awesome. it just does deep dives on different things like that. But yeah, this is an awesome concept. And the fact that it actually looks really good as a game, like yeah. it doesn't, like it looks like a game, you know? <laughs> it is a yeah. game. It's not, it doesn't look like some kind of tech demo. Edutainment thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The that's thing right. like, the, the thing that like, like this is a really cool idea. I really like the game. But like the thing that gets me is like this, this BBC News article, it's just, the title is the video game prescribed by doctors to treat ADHD, right? Mm. Like, there's no treating ADHD. Like, you got it, right? <laughs> it's learning strategies to, like, deal with it or, like, you know, ways that in which you can strengthen parts of your brains mm. that will help you not be so prevalent at those things in that area but you can't treat it like it, it there yeah it there, so, son, so treatment's the wrong it. word then. <laughs> yeah. mm, okay but okay know. but That's... so you're saying so but practicing helps with the management of it then definitely yeah well this yep. sounds like like you know i haven't read like any academic papers on it like with the testing but it's i i feel like this would work i feel like you know even when i play something where i have to concentrate on the things and then I go and try and do a task where I also have to concentrate. My brain's like, "Oh yeah, I remember that thing. You're concentrating. Let's <laughs> let's do it, right?" Like, <laughs> uh, right. I, I remember how to do that thing for a while, so I can heap see it working. Like, I think that's really yeah. really cool. So is it maybe more the kind of thing where you would just have to include it as part of like your daily routine or something? Almost just like exercise yeah. or Duolingo. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. that's pretty. I would cool. love to know. Mm how much it costs for them to put it through the FDA and get, you know, uh, yeah. do, do a series of testing with a bunch of, like, academic, uh, you know, yeah, academic institutions. Like, it would have been would have been so yeah. costly. Because, like, when you think of, like, when you read it, it the game's been designed to boost cognitive processing, but, like, so does Portal, so does... Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a whole bunch of other games that they've tested that do that. So, does it do that, like, to a much higher level than these other games? Like, I'd, I'd love to... We should we should all look into this one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say it's just to get that FDA approval. You have to, you have you probably have to be the developer to run it through and say, can I get this mm. certified? But it would be... See, to me, it's kind of like it would have to be such a closed loop of a game. Do you know what I mean? Like, a lot of these games, yeah. they're, they're quite open and... And that, but is I, that, I wonder so if so. It's like lab conditions, almost. Yeah, I, I wonder if the game. I wonder how th the game design may have been affected by the need to. Um, yeah. Well, I think they did that, have a yeah. neuroscientist on that team. I think I remember. Yeah, it says that the the launcher of the game has a doctorate in linguistics, cognitive neuroscience, and experimental psychology. And then another doctor that runs the business with them has a theoretical physics. But again, like none of those are game design. So where's the game design from? <laughs> like was that outsourced? Was that a part of the, the process? It's, yeah, interesting. I do want to look in. I'm going to look into this. <laughs> it's interesting. Do it, Costa. And then bring us back information. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what were you saying about that, Susie, about... Um, because I've never thought about that. Like both, what both of you were saying about getting a game to make you focus and then you retain that focus and then go do another task. That's that's really cool. I've never heard of that. Yeah, because like, well, like if you if you think about like an ADHD brain, like it's just that like the the electrical pathways or whatever are different. 
like in my brain like than than somebody who's mm. not ADHD. So like it'll do different pathways to get to certain things and concentration isn't one that it focuses on. So if you like if I really if I know I have to do a task that's like sit down for like 2 hours at a computer and type or something then if I do something before that like will strengthen those synapses that are in use when I do that like where I have to concentrate but I'll do it in an engaging way like you know playing playing a game where I have to concentrate and I can't just like look around and I you know have to be in it then my brain is kind of like it feels like it's like oh yeah that thing we were doing like we can do that let's keep doing yeah. it I remember how to do it but then, and then, uh, like you know, when I don't do it again, like it's like it's it forgot again. <laughs> how long? How, so it's like priming how long do you, you reckon? Is that like a an amount you could use where you go like, if I play this for thirty minutes, I'm good for two hours. I'm good for three hours or something. I don't know. I should measure it. Yeah, eh? that'd be. We should oh, do some tests. Cool. And it, yeah, find out that point where it's like diminishing returns. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. oh, I played it too long. I've used up all my like yeah, focus yeah. energy. <laughs> Yeah, I need like a monitor, like a scale. Yeah. <laughs> you, you should play it with the uh, breathing masks. <laughs> <to your face. laughs> That'll soon tell you. Uh, it, it seems like uh, the company Achille has got the industry, game industry veteran behind Bejeweled Plants vs Zombies uh, has joined as the chief product officer. And I saw wow. a bunch of roles open for game designer uh, and a bunch of data, like a lot of data engineers, mm. which I assume would be probably pretty important for that. Uh, and also, yeah, different product sales and a lot of sales <laughs> and uh, a lot of medical directors for, you know, psychiatry and product. Um, I saw it. I saw an article come out, like a press release they put out, where they've actually partnered with Roblox. So, oh, really? Yeah, it seems like they're trying to get the product. So as you play the product, you generate rewards. So it's an it's an it's rewards exchange tied to the treatment. So I would assume that. Uh, the company it says here the companies are exploring additional novel approaches and opportunities to engage uh, Achilles patients through Roblox integration. So I think it's actually some kind of rewards for playing the game, rewards in Roblox for playing their game, which is interesting because you know they're, if they're targeting uh, younger, you know, kids and that kind of stuff who play Roblox, uh, the motivation there's other motivation on top of that to play the game and then take whatever they win into roblox that's pretty cool that seems cool how did though i mean how do the uh rewards how does that help adhd wouldn't that well it's motivation you think that's it's what i'm like i'm like look i got yeah, some robots I'm well i'm in roblox <laughs> now like <laughs> i gotta get that hat i've been craving well, <laughs> yeah well maybe it's maybe it's kind of uh having ongoing motivation for players to come back every day you know, and and some some, yeah. They guess I guess they get rewarded. I know it's like, I get it. It's not they don't get rewarded for the game that they're playing. They get rewarded for another game. Mm. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I think it's cool because it gets you to come back to the game and collect rewards, which you then use in Roblox, which is maybe not maybe this game doesn't have as much replayability as let's say Roblox. So, I mean, maybe they should have just made the game more replayable and more enjoyable. Um, 
But That's yeah. what game designers would say. Maybe you should have made your game more enjoyable. Design is here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what it is, and this is the and this is the other thing that I like. What I mentioned before, it's like when you put a game through FDA, there's such a lengthy process there. Like, imagine trying to then iterate on that. You'd have to then resubmit, mm. redo tests, and everything. That's like a really good point. It's so difficult mm. to just iterate on the product and make it better or make another product. You, you're almost confined to this like thing that's been ticked by FDA to say that it, it works and it's good for what it is, but to change it and then to test it in other ways, like that's a costly endeavor. Mm. Good pun there. The game's called Endeavor. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I didn't know that. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was just Endeavor, looking at RX. the sites. <laughs> um, yeah, no, because I, I found it interesting looking at the websites that Alkali or Akali, um website is it very much looks like a medical website, but then it's talking about all their games as well. So it's, yeah, very much they're geared towards, I guess, medical. Mm. And then if you look at the Endeavor RX website, it's a bit more of the kind of standard video game website you'd see, but still still a bit more geared towards uh, medicine. So, Yeah, yeah. and the, I mean, it, it's interesting from a branding perspective, like you mentioned, is it, who is it that's visiting the website? Like it's obviously the, the person that they're selling to is like, I'm assuming a medical practitioner or a parent versus... The, yeah. the kid themselves so it's a different like mm. end user to the to the actual person who makes the decision for the kid to play the game well, so so that is interesting uh it would be cool i don't know if they do have it but it would be cool if there was a very clear like pipeline because so anyone can download the demo without the kind of algorithm that uh dynamically changes it to you but you have to actually get prescribed so you actually have to go to a doctor and get prescribed mm. to play the full game um uh, I've just seen you can buy a three-month prescription for ninety-nine bucks US. Uh, whether that has to go through a doctor, I but it says here, let's really find out expensive. if Endeavor RX is right for your child by connecting you live with a doctor uh, online. Oh, you can talk to a doctor online. Okay. Oh, it's you know what I mean. There's so wow. many. There's so many uh, <laughs> hoops you have to go through just to get access to the game. Yeah. It's like so they've made a free-to-play game. I, yeah. Free to play, but you have to be prescribed. Yeah, and then pay 99 every three months. <laughs> well, I mean, if it does a- a- actually help, then... But don't you want to concentrate on that? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is that if you have insurance, it gets subsidized by insurance. So you essentially might not pay anything um, if you have insurance. But I think they have a huge challenge on their hands to like... But sign people up like it's it's a video game website and then it says and the, the call to action is get a prescription. Well, that's the thing, right? Like I, <laughs> this is made by people smarter than me. So there's going to be a reason why. But it's not like this is a medication that they're going to get addicted to and you need a prescription to say you're only allowed to be on this painkiller for X amount of time. Why do you need a prescription every three months to play a video game to help you concentrate? Like, shouldn't it just be a one and done that you can't get, you can't put it through insurance unless you get it through FDA. It has to go yeah. through that that rigor. Okay, I mean, you so- can do other things like you can play Portal or whatever other game you want, but it obviously won't be approved by, like maybe not directly approved by a medical practitioner, and it can't be prescribed to someone. Like that's the thing, a doctor cannot prescribe it uh, as as treatment, like official treatment, unless it goes through FDA and gets that approved. Which is, but. 
So, so I've just I've just clicked on get a prescription to see where it <laughs> takes me. Uh, then I go. Uh, you can either talk to a doctor about requesting the game or talk to a nurse to learn more. All right. So let's talk to a doctor about requesting the game. <laughs> then he goes. You're all set. We can transfer you you to an independent telehealth provider for the low cost of thirty five dollars. Click below to begin. Continue with your digital focus MD. I guess ID or something like that. Let's click on that. Yes, I wish to proceed. <laughs> See, look at this. I'm signing this like something now. Ten loops, ten, ten uh, hoops to tele- go through. Telemedicine. This is the real test because if you had ADHD, uh, they're like, I think you don't need this. You've, you've got do, this do we have room? I'm already yeah, out. Like, I'm already <laughs> now I, I have to answer a few questions about myself, or if I'm already a member. So I got to sign up to this other website as well. So yeah, it's definitely not a just so mm. difficult as well Downloaded. because, like I mentioned before, like you're the parent going through this. Um, and then it's ultimately for your child. So you're the person who you have to convince and then you have to then convince your child to play the game yeah, as well on top of yeah. that. Like <laughs> so complex in terms of how many people are involved in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe what they're making on uh, Roblox is a better option then for kids just to jump in and uh, get a proper taste mm. of it. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's you know, this is a definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. They just need to iron out some definitely, kinks. definitely. Yeah. All right. I reckon we should move on to a, another exciting game, uh, which Alex is talking about. It's, what is it? The most wishlisted game on Steam. Oh, that's yeah, pretty big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the segue? That was that the was? segue. <laughs> yeah, if, if you would like a that's better segue, joy. sign into the My Medical ID for the low cost of $35. I'll subscribe to your segues. I will do that. <laughs> I am terrible with money. Yeah. That's that, that's for our Patreon subscribers. They just get slightly better segues. Cafe <laughs> bullions. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. So, um, the most wishlisted game on Steam is being made with volunteers. Uh, so, developers of survival game The Day Before, which is have any of you heard of that? I haven't heard of a lot of games, so. Yeah, um, it's the most wishlisted game. Well, we'll get to that out at, at the end. Um, <laughs> but it's the most oh, wishlisted game yeah. on Steam. Is this that MMO that's like zombies? Yeah, in? yeah it's like yeah. Uh, what's that other one? DayZ. DayZ, DayZ, and there's a bunch of others. Uh, PUBG. So it's being made by I wrote down Search Engine slash Dyslexic Nightmare. Fantastic. It's fantastic without the first A, but trust me, if you try typing that into Google, um, either you or Google are going to freak out because it doesn't feel right. Um, So they've stated (laughs) that their team consists of full-time and part-time volunteers and the full-time volunteers are paid and the part-time volunteers are not, which is making a lot of people uh, really confused because also on their website, they don't show who's on their team or anything like that. Um, it's the typical thing, which I'm sure we've all would have seen. I say typical thing, but this one made the news of you have a, or a couple of developers in one country. And then they're like, I'm going to, you know, not go on fiverr.com, but essentially go on fiverr.com and say, I'm going to get the rest of the world to make my game, um, and do it real cheap. That's kind of what they it looks like they're doing. They're like, we pace that's all over the world. They're based in Singapore. I believe it is. Um, and then they're getting the, all these, yeah, part-time, full-time volunteers. Uh, they spoke to Eurogamer and the team. So it's I think it's two brothers. They stated that 
Volunteer comes from the Latin word voluntarius, meaning willing or of one's own choice, which I feel if you start cracking out the Latin, like you're on a losing argument, like <laughs> you're bringing out the dead language to be like, they want to be here according to technically, yeah. they're doing it technically, <laughs> technically. it doesn't mean uh, willing of one's own choice. So it says volunteers are paid with participation certificates and free codes. Um, now, here's a big quote from them. Wait. Wait, so they get to play the game? Yeah, 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 essentially, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, fant- this is the quote from them. Fantastic's culture is based on the idea of volunteering, says the studio's official website. This means that every Fantastic member is a volunteer. However, some developers are mo- more volunteer than others. Okay, I swear we've heard that before in other things, but these people are more <laughs> this Animal than fun. others. Uh, full-time volunteers are paid a salary, while part-time volunteers who work on translation and community moderating are paid in participation certificates and game codes. However, the studio also encouraged these unpaid workers to offer unique skills to improve our projects or create new special features. You know what they're doing? They're, lu- they're lumping, like, like I get it, you, you, as in... There's usually community admins and that kind of stuff. They're like volunteer roles, but you don't lump them in with the people developing or working on the game full time or part time. Mm. You know, that, that's that's typical. Those community, they're community roles, which yeah. are usually, you know, you, you know what yeah, it means if IP, you don't call them workers. It? it means that you don't have to give them any of the workers' rights. Yeah, buy yeah. them when you don't want them. It means you don't have to pay. You know, whatever. All animals bonuses. are equal, but some animals that's are more equal than is. others. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. It, it reminds me. It reminds me of. In fact, it's worse than. But it reminds me of like where uh, some of those like um, door-to-door sales positions mm. where. They're like, yeah, you can work for us, but you have to be a contractor, which means you have to get your own ABN. Um, So, it's like they treat you like an employee, but because Mm. you're a contractor, they're not actually responsible for you. They can just like terminate a contract at any Mm. time. You know, you're responsible for anything that goes wrong, blah, blah, blah. So, this is even worse than that. (laughs) But that's terrible because if you're developing, if you're working on development of the game, then surely you should own some of the intellectual property of what you're creating. Well, here's the the thing. It goes... It, they say the team have stated the unpaid aspect does not relate to code writing or development, just localization and moderation. But that's ruffled people because they're like other companies consider localization and moderation to be a part of development, especially localization. That's a really expensive localization, part. definitely. Because yeah. like if you're localizing a narrative, you can change a lot through translation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a, a significant part of the narrative, right? Yeah, yeah, it relies on that. So maybe by them uh, making it, you know, they're, they're crowdsourcing localization. Let's say mm. maybe the quality just won't be there because there's no oversight. They're not paying someone who, uh, you know, is an expert in that field. Like they, they might be getting that. They're, they're probably not vetting, or maybe they're not vetting the people that are actually doing the translation as well. So I guess it'll just it'll end up having a poorer uh, quality game. There's um. Uh, they've actually got on their website. I'm going to do a John right now and I'm going to reenact what it's like. Did you try volunteering? Yeah, well, actually, I haven't. Yeah. I I, I tried and they say they've got no volunteering. Yeah, that's available. right. Yeah. <laughs> I had in my head that there was a form, but I guess there isn't. Um, Maybe. That's a. I don't even know how, how to. Oh, to learn about part time volunteering, please write us. But yeah. Okay. Oh. Cracking my Yeah, fingers. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, right? It. Wait, that just takes you back to the homepage. <laughs> You're going to get an ADHD diagnosis and a job tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Volunteer role. Um, 
<laughs> I need to volunteer harder. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's so. The, the thing I wanted to raise with it was like, like where the ethics uh, are with this, mm. right? Because so I, I wrote if you were if you opened a supermarket and you just asked for volunteers instead of paying, you sit on the front door. We're not going to pay you, but if you want a place to hang out and, and work, you know, knock yourself out. And then, you know, what representation do volunteers need if they're uneducated in what's being offered and their rights? And do they even have rights as a as a volunteer? Oh, you know what this sounds exactly like? Work for the doll. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, it, they're the like, volunteer. oh, yeah, we give you this doll payment, but you got to work for yeah. it. And they make you do whatever volunteer work they say you've got to do, regardless of if it's, like, in your skill set or your yeah. area or whatever. And then you just, that's just, you've got to do it, right? Yeah. Like, like that's, that's what this is like. Like. You might, you want to, you know, work on a game. All right, well, you'll do whatever we tell you, won't you? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, because they're very quiet about what it is. Yeah, and on Reddit, everyone's like, that game's not coming out. Like, they don't even, people start talking about, what's the ethics of um, volunteer work for this company? And everyone's like, forget it. The game's not coming. Everyone is convinced this game is a scam. They're like, my brother has been contacted in Europe to donate to this game. And they're like, don't do it. It's a scam. Like, wait to donate. Oh, yeah, because man. that's the thing. They've been published I mean, as look, well, this game. This game is, and I'm pretty sure they're partnered with NVIDIA. Like, it goes really weird. Well, wow. this is what wow. happens when you try to build a, an MMO. Yeah, it's like rule one <laughs> like a game dev. Every single time. Don't, Don't do it. <laughs> so, I guess devil's advocate, I guess it could work. I mean, like, if you know what you're going into, you just want to work on this game. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it could Point. work. Um, it's just but then what like how much like that- do you put into it and you're not even on the credits yeah like well that's yeah that's right <laughs> I, there's so many questions that they don't answer I mean community moderation typically like there, there is a lot of companies out there that do community moderation as a as a volunteer only thing like you know there's typically there might be like a community manager but then there's moderators and admin uh, moderators in the community forum that are that are volunteers so mm. like that I think that's common practice um, and you do it because you like like the community and you're a part of it but localization that's kind of a bit I don't know that's questionable and this other thing of like donating to the company that's also quite questionable as well yeah with no return on it it's not like a Kickstarter where you get things in exchange like to donate to it mm. or it's not like you know it, it, I don't know, in a crypto game or something, you pay and then you receive some kind of like, you know, some money in exchange or like revenue, future revenue on the on the company. Yeah. It's just pure like donation. You might as well donate to something that's actually, you know, doesn't so make yeah, money or won't make money like a charity. Why do they say you should donate? Is it just like, see this game actually real, donate? Pretty much. They say in it that like volunteer that's is dumb. the part of our culture. So you're volunteering your money, I guess. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> I was just, right. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we, we've reached a conclusion. That's dumb. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there you go. Too long. The have spoken. <laughs> dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. Yeah. Um, it's worth noting that Look. the day before is no longer the most wishlisted game on Steam. That title now belongs to Stray, which is a video game being developed by Unpaid Stray Cats. <laughs> oh yeah that game looks like great fun <laughs> it does look pretty real pretty um, no i 
I, I did want to say uh, just like, I guess another dev- devil's advocate thing is that this is a way I could see you creating a quality game if you don't have the money to do so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like if, if people are willing to support it and put in their time, then all right, cool. You don't need a publisher or whatever to actually fund this game. Yeah. But like if you worked on it, right? If you're like, oh, hey, like I'm a, I want to be a game dev and I don't have enough experience, so I'm going to work on this game. Like if there's no evidence, if there's no credits, if you get nothing, like you yeah. what? Can you What's not even point? use that in your portfolio or on your resume because nobody knows if you did it. Like I could say I did it. No. But, like yeah. I was gonna say it's even better. You don't have to work on it, and you can say that yeah. you did. <laughs> There you go, everyone. If you're looking for uh, stuff for your resume, just... Can everyone, can everyone check out the fact that they, the company put up a video, I sent it in the chat, um, the culture of volunteering at Fantastic. Oh, is it the two brothers talking? Okay, if you if you read like the description there and I guess what they're saying, it could be that they are trying to use the, volunteer, the word volunteer as a positive That's thing, th- saying that... But I, I don't think it's landing. I don't but, think they've quite explained. The, the difference is like if you were a charity who was doing yeah. something for social good and you were saying to volunteer, that's plausible yeah. because it, there's there's not an expectation of a commercial return on mm. it. It's just for like the social good. Mm-hmm. But this is a company, a private company, talking about making a video game that is a yeah. zombie MMO for profit. Like This sounds, the- yeah, I agree. This sounds like, you shouldn't. You should be listening to what Amazon says. You shouldn't be joining the union, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it feels like that, isn't it? Yeah, and that's perfect. You should think yeah. yourself lucky. There's somewhere you can volunteer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's that's it. The, the the social good is is why you would do it. Um, mm. It's yeah. It's super creepy. It's super weird, and they're targeting. Like, I mean. How do you say this? Like game develop, like there is a lot. Game developers are just so used to getting taken advantage of as well. Like I don't think, well, not that I don't think. I'll say confidently, game developers aren't aware of their rights. You know, in a lot of aspects, mm-hmm. we only just got our first union. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the reason why you can have foam squishy mats on a supermarket floor if you're standing for eight hours is because of a union. Like if you don't have that, <laughs> yeah, this seems like a step backwards. Like from the whole union effort, or just like in general, good working conditions for for game developers. There's um, yeah, there's a lot of. It, it was meant to come out in 2023. Now, no, it was meant to come out this year. Now it's coming out next year, and I think it was meant to come out at a different date as well. And so many people are just like this game's not coming out, and it kind of fits the narrative of what I was saying before of a game that's headquartered in one place and has workers all over the place. I've followed many games on Twitter over the years that have done the exact same thing and they look really good and really polished and then they just never come out. So, on that... (laughs) (laughs) On that note... (laughs) Please volunteer for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Live Bullions is looking for some uh, volunteers. Some more permanent now and others. Some, what what was the, oh, actually, sorry, sorry. That was the actually thing I was going to say as well. Here's another thing that makes this game kind of weird. Not, not kind of weird, kind of weird here, let's say. Um, This game is more wishlisted than Hollow Knight Silksong. And the four, three of you, I mean, you can't, you'd heard of it, Susie, eventually you remembered which one was. None of us have heard of this game. So I'm guessing this game has a big following 
overseas in some area where the cultures aren't quite meeting over in the news area. You know, like if this was a game, you know, if this was an American game, <laughs> yeah. we would hear that because we hear their news. If this was an English game, we'd hear that. Yeah. So this is obviously must, maybe they have like a big European following, which is why they were saying, I have a, someone on Reddit was saying they have a brother in Russia or someone like that. They got, no, someone got contacted by someone in Russia saying, donate to this game. And the fact that I'm pretty sure they'd partnered with NVIDIA um, and they've only released one game before and they say it's a Steam bestseller and then you go on the Steam page and there's like mixed reviews, a lot of not great reviews on it. Oh, yeah. Is that like a New York Times bestseller? Yeah. Like how every book ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, here it is. In January 2022, <laughs> NVIDIA showed a new trailer for the day before at a consumer electronics show in Las Vegas. I don't know if that means they're partnered with, but that's what they're saying online. I mean, the, the game is a cool concept. I think it's like <clears throat> a zombie MMO. That sounds cool. Like, that, I, I like the concept, but I don't know. Will people be... Uh, will people not play it because of these conditions as well? I think so. I think if the if that narrative takes over, it's like um, uh, what was that game called? No Man's Sky. The narrative mm. of it being broken on launch was stronger than with the game they were trying to make. Eventually, they weren't doing anything wrong, so eventually it rectified itself, and people saw what was actually happening. And that could be the same with this. Like cyberpunk? Cyberpunk as well, yeah, in reverse. Like, they were like, we'll give all the dev times we want. And then they released the game and they went, it's broken as fudge. Mm. <laughs> couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you already feel bad that John has to uh, edit out the cough. <laughs> yeah, cough. That's right. I, I'm, I'm keeping notes of uh, every time Alex oh, coughs. Oh, really? Coughs. So I can just drop a. <laughs> I still can't even do it. I have. I'm talking to the sound guy right now, you can't and do I it. know he could beat me out. Can't do it. It's all right. It's all right. I'll, I'll cut out your one from one of our first episodes and just paste <laughs> it back into. <laughs> all, <the points. laughs> oh. all right, friends. What is going to be our community poll? Um, oh, what you, John. Yeah. Oh no! I was just going to say, should we just ask people to share some news that they've heard? Yeah, that they're excited about. Yeah, sure. I know that. I know that's very open ended, but hey, let's let's give it to the people. If mm. they've if they've found some news that's not just like the first article on Kotaku, <laughs> <laughs> something a bit more uh, interesting <laughs> and niche. Yeah, share it. Share it in the chat. And then- yeah, maybe come on next in the fortnight and we'll talk about it. In uh, Kojima, if you're listening, we're sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, what was about that? I saw. You- we're sorry. The world is this place. <laughs> I saw you all talking about yeah, that. Yeah, I was just looking at that. What, we- what was that? Yeah. Well, Hideo Kojima was uh, both. I think, if I'm understanding this correctly, he was both falsely attributed as Shinzo Abe, the prime minister who was murdered. Uh. And also as his killer. What? Um, <laughs> by different news outlets. Yep. Uh, especially one news station in Greece. <laughs> misidentifying <Sorry>. Hideo Kojima <laughs> as the assassin. The news the news yeah. in Greece is garbage. So, again, like I wasn't surprised. Do you remember, I remember that. I just pick up anything and run with that it. That video that Costa sent through. Remember? Oh, yeah. And it was just that old guy reading the newspaper. Reading the newspaper. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I can't believe that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say? Did I mention this, John? It's just like an—it's a news show where they just uh, every morning read through the news <laughs> newspaper 
on camera. Oh, really? Yeah, on camera? They just go through <laughs> the. That. They just go through the uh, articles on the front on the headline, <laughs> and they just read. They just read it. So basically, what we do. They at least do it in like an. Yes, what we do. They at least do it in like a. Is it like an ASMR thing? Yeah, but just like if you're into old Greek into dudes yelling at you, <laughs> yeah. it's the opposite of ASMR. <laughs> Greek dudes yelling at you. ASMR. Reminds me of childhood. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. Yeah, right. Community poll. That's it. Um, send us your articles. Send us your articles and your ASMR. Do not send your and, ASMR. Uh, and no, do not. And uh, if if anyone out there has tried the uh, breathing mask, mm. <laughs> let us know your experience. That's a good. <laughs> all right cue the cool. music john all right make a oh, note well, of that uh, which track are we playing today which which track are we going out with um Cafe Bullions is hosted in Adelaide, South Australia. If you know of anything happening or would like to reach out to us or have a chat, you can find us on Twitter at LiveBullions or by emailing us at hello at LiveBullions.com.